Hello, I'm Marcus Louth and welcome to the latest edition of the UFO Insight Podcast, where we will examine all things UFOs and aliens, conspiracies and mysteries, and all aspects of the paranormal. Now today we will be examining just some of the many documented UFO encounters from history, stretching right the way back to ancient Egypt, through the times of the Roman Empire, and all the way to the sightings of the Wild West in America. Indeed, we might be surprised at just how many such sightings have been recorded over the centuries. Now, one of the most intriguing of these potential recorded UFO sightings from history is contained within an equally mysterious and controversial document referred to as the Tully Papyrus, which describes a speculative UFO encounter that occurred over 3,000 years ago, around 1500 BC. Now, before we get into the background of this intriguing document, let's go through what it says, and we need to remember there are, at times, significant gaps in it. We can, though, still make out the basic account. Now, I'm going to read this in full. In the year 22, in the third month of winter, in the sixth hour of the day, the scribes of the House of Life noticed a circle of fire that was coming from the sky. From the mouth it emitted a foul breath. It had no head. Its body was one rod long and one rod wide. It had no voice, and from that the hearts of the scribes became confused, and they threw themselves down on their bellies. Then they reported a thing to the pharaoh. His majesty ordered it be examined, and he was meditating on what had happened, and that it should be recorded in the scrolls of the house of life. Now after some days had passed, these things became more and more numerous in the skies. Their splendour exceeded that of the sun, and extended to the limits of the four angels of the sky. High and wide in the sky was the position from which these fire circles came and went. The army of the pharaoh looked on with him in their mists. Then these fire circles ascended higher into the sky, and they headed toward the south. Fish and birds fell from the sky, a marvel never before known since the foundation of their land. Now what makes this document so controversial is that no one other than the person who brought attention to it, Alberto Tully, has actually ever seen it. According to the legend, the Tully Papyrus was discovered by Alberto Tully while working as the director of the Egyptian Museum at the Vatican. Now, during a trip to Cairo in 1933, Tully claims to have discovered the ancient papyrus written in ancient script in an antique shop. Unable to afford to purchase it, he instead made a copy. The mysterious papyrus first came to the attention of the public 20 years later in 1953 in an article by Timothy Thayer in the official magazine of the 14 Society, Doubt. According to Thayer, the Italian-Russian Egyptologist Boris de Rachewiltz had discovered copies of the document in the papers of Tully following his death. Upon reading Tully's transcriptions, he was convinced that the references to fiery diffs were interpretations of saucer-shaped UFOs in ancient Egypt, and he immediately sent them to Thayer. If the apparent document is accurate, then it is arguably the oldest recorded UFO account in history. While we might have to take the Tully Papyrus with a pinch of salt, we can perhaps put a lot more faith in the records of the Romans, who are known to have been meticulous record keepers, even employing what were essentially fact-checkers and proofreaders to any account before it was committed to the official record. So it is surprising, perhaps, to find several apparent UFO encounters in the official records and history of the Roman Empire. One of the earliest of these was recorded in 343 BC by Diodorus Siculus, who was travelling and documenting the journey of the Greek statesman and general Timoleon from Corinth to Sicily. He would write that, 
All through the night he was preceded by a torch blazing in the sky, up to the moment when the squadron made harbour in Italy. It appeared then that these lights appeared to lead to Molian, not least as they disappeared immediately upon his arrival. Even more intriguing, Tmolian would claim to have received visions of fame and glory while the lights were in the sky. Now was this some kind of UFO encounter? And if so, was the intelligence behind these strange lights attempting to lead the Greek statesman to his destination? And if that is true, just why would these apparent visitors from another world have such an interest in human affairs? Just what might they have had to gain? There are many other reports of potential UFO sightings in the official records of the Roman Empire. During the Second Punic War between 218 BC and 201 BC, there are several such accounts according to the official records of Rome. In 218 BC, for example, there is an account telling of strange gleaming ships that appeared to emerge out of the clouds. A similar account can be found two years later in 216 BC, with reports of gleaming round shields that move through the air, and these are just two examples. What is perhaps interesting is that it has been picked up on by some UFO researchers that sightings of these strange objects appear to go up during times of war. Was this the case here? It is certainly possible. There is another case of UFOs appearing during the conflicts of the Roman army. The historian Plutarch recorded an event that took place in 74 BC. The Roman army was heading to do battle with the Anatolian army in what is now modern day Turkey. According to his writings, a loud boom suddenly rang out and a flash went across the previously sunny skies. Then, a huge flame-like body was seen to fall between the two armies. He would further state that the object was the shape of a wine jar in a molten silver colour. As it was in between the two armies, each had to halt their advance. They ultimately both retreated in fear, with the object taking off back into the sky. Was this a purposeful attempt by an apparent alien race to stop a battle between two armies, and ultimately prevent the deaths of many soldiers, perhaps even altering future events? Once more, if this is the case, we have to ask why, and for whose benefit was this intervention made? In the second book of Pliny the Elder's Natural History, he tells of an account where three strange moons appear over what is now modern-day Rimini in Italy, around 50 years previously in 122 BC. What is perhaps interesting is that Book 1 of Roman History also appears to record this event, when it states that bright lights like the day blazed out at night before three moons became visible. It is also worth mentioning an account from 12 BC, where a strange comet-like object hovered over Rome for some time before it melted away in strange flashes. In the 1st century, some sources state the year to have been 66, while others state it occurred in the year 70. Roman historian Josephus recorded an account that he himself stated was a tale that would likely have been deemed a fable, were it not for the narratives of the eyewitnesses. Indeed, the account is put across is one that is bordering on the bizarre. Josephus writes that chariots and troops of soldiers in their armour were seen running about among the clouds, in what he further described as a miraculous phenomenon. He would continue that these strange events were witnessed all over Italy, with great noises causing the ground to shake. What's more, another Roman historian, Tacitus, also documents the incident when he wrote that in the sky appeared a vision of armies in conflict that wore glittering armour. We might imagine that rather than just a mere sighting of strange objects, these accounts might be describing some kind of battle between two rival extraterrestrial factions.
And as preposterous as that might sound, as we will come back to a little later, it isn't the first time in history where there are apparent suggestions of great battles taking place in the sky between futuristic vehicles. We will stay with the Roman records for the time being though, and an account said to have unfolded over by a Campana in Italy in the year 150. According to the sole witness, the brother of Pope Pius I, a strange object that the witness described as a beast appeared in the sunny sky and began to descend toward the ground. The witness further described the object as looking like a piece of pottery which shot out fiery rays of different colours from the top. Then though, the tale turns even stranger. According to the account, once the object landed on the ground, a maiden clad in white appeared next to it. Here, however, the account ends and we are not told what happens next. Presumably the maiden vanished and the object rose into the air. If we turn our attention to the Dark Ages, despite the lack of many official records, we can still find several reports that could very well be describing aerial objects that we would today recognise as UFOs. According to the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle of 732, for example, many residents of the region reported exceptional flashes of lightning and fiery dragons in the sky, while also suffering terrible portents throughout the year. Is it possible that visitors from another world terrorised the inhabitants of Northumbria in the mid-8th century? Just over 40 years later, in 776, in what is modern-day Dortmund, during an attack by Saxon soldiers, a strange object that looked like two large flaming shields that were reddish in colour appeared in the sky overhead. They remained hovering overhead for several moments, eventually causing the Saxon army to retreat, and so saving the residents of the city from almost certain death. Around half a century after that, in 815, in what is modern-day Lyon in France, another intriguing encounter was documented by Agbard of Lyon. He would claim to have encountered a realm in the clouds where there were aerial sailors who travelled in airborne ships, a place he called Magonia. In what is a further twist, the writing states that four of these aerial sailors came to the ground and were attacked by the townsfolk, with the author himself being forced to intervene in order to prevent their certain deaths. Just who these aerial sailors were remains a topic of debate. There have been many apparent UFO sightings over Japan going back hundreds of years, but two documented encounters from the late 12th and early 13th century respectively are of particular interest to us here. The first occurred in 1180 over the Qi province, when several fishermen reported seeing a strange object in the night sky. Now what is of interest here is the description of the object, right down to the wording, was almost identical to how witnesses would describe flying saucers almost 800 years later in the second half of the 20th century. The fisherman would state that the object was shaped like an earthenware vessel, ultimately a saucer. To begin with, the object moved calmly across the sky before suddenly changing direction and then taking off into the distance at great speed. Just over half a century later, in 1235, according to a writing in an ancient Japanese text, General Yoritsune and his army witnessed strange lights moving in the night sky as they camped. These lights remained in view for several hours, they encircled each other and performed bizarre looping movements. The general ordered his most intelligent men to investigate the strange lights, which could be viewed as the first officially ordered investigation in UFO history. Just what the lights might have been remains unknown, but the investigative team reported back that the phenomenon was caused by strong winds that were making the stars sway. 
Before we move on to apparent sightings of UFOs from more recent history, an incident that was documented as taking place on New Year's Day 1254 in St Albans, Hertfordshire in England, is worth briefly mentioning. According to the documents recorded by Matthew of Paris, several of the monks who had gathered at the church to celebrate the festivities witnessed a kind of large ship that was elegantly shaped and of marvellous colour. The bizarre old ship hovered over the church without making a single sound and appeared to paint the sky in many different colours. After a short time, the bizarre object began to rise into the sky and eventually disappeared into the heavens. There have been theories since that what was witnessed was nothing more than a free cloud. Whatever it was, however, it is certain that something strange happened that New Year's Day evening, something that was witnessed by multiple people, no less. Okay, now we mentioned earlier of accounts from ancient Rome, of UFOs seemingly taking part in battles in the skies above the city. Those kinds of accounts, though, are not limited to ancient Rome. Perhaps some of the best descriptions can be found in ancient Sanskrit texts and other similar writings, such as the Mahabharata or the Ramayana, which, incidentally, state our historical records and not legends or myth. And what they describe is fascinating. For example, the Ramayana text repeatedly describe flying objects called Vimanas that could achieve great heights. One particular text states that a beautiful chariot arrived shining. It was a wonderful divine car that sped through the air. The Mahabharata would describe the flight of the Vimanas as flying on an enormous ray, as brilliant as the sun, and which made a noise like the thunder of a storm. What is of further interest is that these flying machines often unleashed terrifying weapons on each other that would send these aerial vehicles to the ground in flames. The descriptions in the Mahabharata of the cities of Maharajara and Harappa are just as intriguing. Perhaps particularly so given the claims by some researchers of evidence of a nuclear explosion there at some point in the distant past. According to the ancient text, the cities were destroyed by a great weapon. The text reads, White hot smoke that was a thousand times brighter than the sun rose in infinite brilliance and reduced the city to ashes. Water boiled, horses and war chariots were burned by the thousands, the corpses of the fallen were mutilated by the terrible heat so that they no longer looked like human beings. So not only do we have an account of a flying machine, but one that utilises nuclear type weapons. And many of these writings and events stretch back around 4,000 years, long before the accounts of ancient Rome. There are also two very similar accounts of such battles taking place over the skies of Europe in the mid-16th century. On April 14, 1561, the city of Nuremberg in Germany was witness to a very frightful spectacle. The report was documented in an illustrated broadsheet around a week later, written by Hans Glaser, a letter painter of the city. According to Glazer's report, globes of blood-red, bluish or black hung in the sky, as well as plates and blood-coloured crosses. Some of these objects were three in a row, perhaps suggesting some kind of formation. These objects would fight one another in the sky, until they all fell down to the earth as if everything was on fire. These flames slowly faded away, leaving immense smoke. Also noted were long tube-like objects above, from which other globes emerged. It doesn't take much imagination to think that these tube shapes were some kind of mothership. Five years later, over the course of several weeks during July and August 1566 in Basel, Switzerland, another such incident was recorded. 
Three separate sightings would culminate at dawn on 7th of August, when many large black globes were seen in the air, moving before the sun with great speed. According to the report, the black globes were turning against each other as if fighting. Some of them became red and fiery, and afterwards faded and went out. Is the red and fiery description in reference to an explosion of some kind? The author of the report certainly believed the globes to be engaged in battle. If we fast forward half a century to around 10am on August 15, 1663 in a small village in Russia, what is arguably the earliest documented UFO encounter over the country unfolded. On the morning in question, with most of the residents of the village at church, a sudden crash sounded out from above them. As they made their way outside, a ball of fire was moving across the sky heading towards the lake. There were also two fiery beams in front of the object. The residents would watch it disappear over the waters, but it would reappear again an hour later, this time coming much closer to the residents of the village. Once more it passed overhead and out of sight, only to return a third time. This time, however, the fiery object remained overhead for close to 90 minutes, filling all who saw it with dread. Furthermore, several fishermen on the lake suffered severe burns, while the lake itself was said to light up as if it was made from rust. Over half a century later, English diarist John Evelyn would write in his diary for December 8, 1733 of a man from Brookwood in Surrey named James Cracker. According to Cracker, he caught sight of a strange craft in the sky which moved with the speed of a falling star and was the colour of burnished or new washed silver. In Sheffield, England, sometime in 1737, English astronomer Thomas Short would record in his diary the sighting of a dark red cloud that had a luminous body underneath that sent out very brilliant beams of light. He reported that before the object left the area, the air suddenly became unbearably hot. In 1742, in London, England, a report by a fellow of the Royal Society stated that a light suddenly rose from behind the trees overlooking St. James's Park. At first the witness believed the light to be a large rocket or firework, but then it moved parallel to the horizon. Another documented sighting occurred in London in Hatton Garden almost three quarters of a century later in 1809. The incident was witnessed by astronomer John Staveley, who then submitted a report of what he had seen to the Journal of Natural History and Philosophy and Chemistry. According to his report, he witnessed a strange black cloud that appeared to have strange flashes of lightning coming from within it, as well as what he believed were several meteors moving in different directions. Then, without warning, one of these meteors suddenly increased in size and hovered temporarily in the sky, before vanishing into thin air. He watched these strange lights moving around within the cloud, occasionally increasing in size as the first one had before disappearing for around an hour. Despite Stavely's background, no satisfactory explanation has ever been arrived at, and the strange objects and cloud remain a complete mystery. Perhaps the best place to conclude our examination of just some of the many documented UFO reports throughout history is with just some of those made in the New World of America. The earliest recorded sighting of a UFO in America is that of Boston man James Everall, whose sighting in 1638 was documented in the journal of one-time Governor of Massachusetts, John Winthrop, who would, incidentally, describe the witness as a usually sober, discreet gentleman. According to Everall, he was near the Muddy River just outside of Boston when he noticed a brilliantly glowing object moving across the sky. The object eventually came to a stop, before, using Everall's words, it flamed up. This would happen several times. 
he would further state that when the object moved, it took the shape of a swine. We might keep this description in mind for a moment, keeping in mind the witness would have used the easiest reference possible. Might an object in the shape of a pig be something round, oblong, or even cigar-shaped? Everall continued that he followed the object for around a mile before it finally disappeared from his view, describing its movements as being as swift as an arrow. Okay, let's turn our attention now to a bizarre but intriguing sighting that occurred a little over 200 years later, during the early hours of June 1st, 1853. On the morning in question, two strange objects were witnessed over the campus of Tennessee College. One of these objects appeared similar in size to the moon, while the other was like a star. They were, however, moving, with the moon-sized object eventually growing smaller and disappearing, while the star-like object began to increase in size. Even stranger, as it grew, it appeared to change shape, first appearing spherical or globe-like, and then stretching and taking the form of a cigar. One of the witnesses, Professor A.C. Cairns, wrote of the encounter in a letter he sent to the publication Scientific American. Part of that letter reads, The first then became visible again, and increased rapidly in size, while the other diminished, and the two spots kept changing thus for about half an hour. There was considerable wind at the time, and light fleecy clouds passed by, showing the lights to be confined to one place. Several theories were put forward to explain the incident, including that what had been witnessed was some kind of weather or atmospheric phenomena, but the sighting officially remains unexplained. Trapper James Lumley stated that he not only witnessed a craft crash into the ground, but he also tracked down the wreckage in 1865, claims that were printed in several newspapers of the time, including the Missouri Democrat. Late one evening, while trapping in the mountains of Godot Pass, Missouri, he saw an object fly across the sky before it separated like the bursting of a skyrocket in the air. Seconds later, Lumley heard a huge explosion that made the ground shake and was followed by a rush of air that swept through the forest around him. The following day, Lumley was witness to the carnage that the craft had left behind. Trees had been uprooted and a path had been cut through them by the object. He followed this path to a stone object that had embedded into the mountainside. Upon closer inspection, Lumley stated that the stone had broken into several compartments. Furthermore, there appeared to be shattered glass around it, as well as dark liquid substance. Perhaps strangest of all, though, is the claim that there were hieroglyphics of some kind in the compartments. The newspapers theorised that perhaps the occupants of the craft were from Mercury, and also stated that astronomers had long held it possible that heavenly bodies were inhabited. While many cast doubt on the story, the assertion that there were hieroglyphics cited is of particular interest to those who feel that aliens had a hand in another great civilization, that of ancient Egypt. In Bonham, Texas in 1873, workers in a cotton field noticed an object in the sky above them. Travelling at great speed, the shiny silvery serpent, as it appeared to them, caused them all to panic and run for cover from the openness of the cotton field, rushing indoors or hiding under wagons. The speed of the object was such that it was almost a blur in the broad daylight sky. The object apparently circled the small town twice before speeding off from view. 24 hours after the sighting in Bonham, residents in Fort Scott in Kansas had witnessed a similar craft. 
It caused a similar panic as it had done the previous day, causing soldiers to flee the parade ground and seek cover away from the strange machine. There were numerous sightings made by range workers and cowboys alike across America at this time, usually involving a silver bird flying fast above them that when fired upon, the bullets would bounce from its skin. Perhaps one of the more famous of these was the 1892 sighting in Tombstone, Arizona, when two cowboys claimed to have given chase to and shot at a winged reptile that was up to 160 feet long and with a wingspan that stretched to over 90 feet. Was it a winged reptile, or was it a flying machine? In Denison, Texas, farmer John Martin witnessed a strange object flying over his land, and made a report to the Denison Daily News on January 25th, 1878. While out hunting, Martin noticed a dark object above him. The strange shape and the speed with which the object appeared to be moving had captivated him. He took his eyes off it for a second in order to refocus his gaze. When he looked again, it was almost directly overhead. It was described by Martin as a large saucer, and although now clear in his vision, was still obviously at a great height. He could only compare the object to a hot air balloon, but accepted that it moved much too fast for this to be the case. The Denison Daily News ended their article on the sighting by concluding that the event deserves the attention of our scientists. It is perhaps worth bringing the episode to a close by examining two apparent UFO encounters connected to two early United States presidents. During his campaigns against the British in the late 1770s, George Washington, for example, would claim the assistance of several green-skinned entities. According to Washington, they would show him visions of the future, as well as advising him on battle plans and British troop placements. Although he wasn't president at the time of the sighting, in 1800, future president Thomas Jefferson would describe in a telegram a strange object, one witnessed by a local man, William Dunbar, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. According to the correspondence, the object was the colour of the sun near the horizon, and was approximately the size of a house. Even more bizarre, wherever it was in the sky, the ground below it would bathe in its glow. Jefferson would go on to describe a violent rushing noise which accompanied the aerial anomaly, as well as a tremendous crash. To the modern day reader, he is clearly describing something moving through the sky so quickly that it would break the sound barrier, a concept that was likely, or for want of a better phrase, completely alien to him. There are then many more documented sightings of apparent UFOs that stretch right throughout history across thousands of years than many might think and these sightings have seemingly not been limited to certain places or locations, but have been reported right around the planet. We might ask, has there been a long-standing alien presence on our planet for thousands and thousands of years? And is the same alien civilizations that were seemingly visiting Earth in ancient times the same as the ones that are potentially doing so today? Or might there have been, and indeed are, several different extraterrestrial races visiting the planet, all with their own agendas and potential end goals? While that might sound bizarre to some, several whistleblowers and researchers have made such statements, perhaps not least Paul Hellier, the one-time Canadian Defence Minister, who claimed that anywhere from 4 to 12 alien races were regularly coming to Earth. As always, these sightings and the notion that they've been taking place for thousands of years gives us a lot to contemplate. For now, as always, I will simply thank you for joining me. 
Be sure to leave any thoughts in the comments and check out the links for further reading on some of the cases and theories we have been discussing here today. Remember to subscribe to our channel and follow us on social media to keep up to date on future podcasts, articles and videos. And if there is anything that you want us to feature on future podcast episodes, perhaps you have witnessed a UFO or you just want us to explore a theory, then get in touch at marcus at ufoinsight.com. Till next time, goodbye and take care. Thank you.